G'day and welcome to Partake and back to our continuing series, Scriptural Delights. Here is our 20th podcast, Going Through the Tapestry of Wonder, that is Psalm 119. Today we look together at the 18th of its 22 letters, Sada, and its verses 137 to 144. The reading today is by KD. Psalm 119 from verse 137 Righteous are you, O Lord, and your laws are right. The statutes you have laid down are righteous. They are fully trustworthy. My zeal wears me out, for my enemies ignore your words. Your promises have been thoroughly tested, and your servant loves them. Though I am lowly and despised, I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is everlasting, and your law is true. Trouble and distress have come upon me, but your commands are my delight. Your statutes are forever right. Give me understanding that I might live. Thanks for reading, Katie. That was fabulous. The study tonight was written and recorded by my mentor and friend, Jim Harris. This is his fourth and last of his contribution to this series. So over to you, Jim. Hello. Welcome to another study in Psalm 119. It covers verses 137 to 144, and each line in the Hebrew text starts with the letter Tzadah. The very first word in the New International Version introduces the dominant theme in this stanza. It's about God and things being right or righteous. Cast your eyes over verses 137, 138, 142, 144, picking out the relevant words. Then, looking at them more closely, get to see something like this. God is righteous. Righteous are you, O Lord. This may be understood in terms of God's relationship with his people. He's a God who keeps his promises. He provides for his people's needs. He is faithful in all his deeds and ways. He always does what is right, for God cannot deny himself. God cannot lie. God cannot break his word once given. Verse 140 reads, Your promises have been thoroughly tested, and your servant loves them. God is righteous. He's consistent. Now if that's true, then what flows from God is also righteous. 137 again, You are righteous, O Lord, and your laws are right. God gave his law with a capital L through Moses. The detailed laws within it were designed to shape the crowd of people who escaped from slavery in Egypt to make them into a coherent nation fit to live in the promised land where they would show the rest of the world what the Lord was really like. At least, that was the intention. But its outworking fell far short of God's wishes because his people were not altogether cooperative. 138 has a high view of God's statutes. Another word describing the detail of God's law. The statutes you have laid down are righteous. They are fully trustworthy. They come from God. Therefore, they are as dependable and effective as God himself is. If God said it, 
then you can rely on it. 144 suggests the permanence of what God has said. Your statutes are forever right. Give me understanding that I may live. Most of what has occupied his thought in this psalm was written well before he was born, some of it many centuries before, yet he sees it as still relevant to him because it flows from the righteous God. In an earlier stanza, verses 89 and 90, he's already written, Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. The Lord isn't fickle or capricious, saying one thing now and a totally different thing a little later. You can build your life on God's word. Just as Jesus spoke of the wise and foolish builders in Matthew chapter 7, wise people always build on the truth that the Lord Jesus brought to us. And he, as Hebrews 13 verse 8 tells us, is the same yesterday and today and forever. Finally, in verse 142, he comes back to the Lord himself, commenting, Your righteousness is everlasting and your law is true. It all starts with the Lord, filters down through his law, that's his word for his people, which in turn shapes them to demonstrate what kind of a God he is. Let's remind ourselves as Christians once more of 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, that is the thrust of this passage for those of us who have committed our lives to Christ and are listed among his people. We have the word of God to a much greater extent than the psalmist did, in that we have both the Old and New Testaments. If we don't have an appetite to read and hear it, ask the Lord to make us hungry for it. If our lives are being shaped mostly by influences drawn from this world rather than the word of God, let's open ourselves up to the Lord through scripture and ask the Holy Spirit to use it to make us more like the Lord himself. For to him we owe everything spiritually. If our reading of life's negative experiences causes us to doubt the goodness and love of God, let's soak our minds in the glorious truth of a passage like Romans 8. If we have doubts about our salvation, let's give ourselves this Easter to reading in the Gospels the four accounts of the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And so the list could go on, but it's time to close. I leave you with one of Scripture's famous 3.16s. This is Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The Lord be with you.